Hello and welcome to the Noisy Hadger podcast. This is episode 13. It's Sunday 14th of May. Um, and it's not a bank holiday weekend for the first time in a couple of weeks. Today, to help me get my podcast done, Curtis, my lovely boyfriend, has decided to um, be my accountant. What do you call it? Accountability. I am your yeah. <laughs> I'm your accountability, That's and so I weird. can't claim to have invented that phrase. Oh, for fuck's sake! Is there anything you say that is original that makes me laugh? No, no, <laughs> no. Everything's borrowed. I even think about some of the regular, you know, like in jokes and things that I say to you and little comments, oh, wow. and there are many. I even thought about one this morning, but that most of them are from other this things. Is so upsetting. It's you know? like our whole the whole foundation of our relationship was you making me laugh and then me realizing that everything was off a tv show or by a comedian <laughs> yeah the worst thing is when we'll, you know we'll be watching something like um the in-betweeners movie right something that i've just by chance oh that's on i've not watched that in years watch it and then like there'll be a line in it that's something i say to you from time to time because i've just embedded it in the stupid shit i say and um you'll just look at me with like hatred and a great venom. deal of hate um, in my eyes <laughs> is there anything you say original and no, i don't sound not. like your mum but it's really um <laughs> yeah it's anyway so where is accountability buddy from um another podcast right so um i was thinking about this right so there was it was two bears one cave which is Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura, some yeah. of my favorite American comedians. I think we'll probably talk about those today because we went to see one of them live. Um, and Burt decided he was going to like lose some weight, which is <laughs> a thing he decides often. Uh, for anyone uninitiated, Burt is famously uh, quite an overweight guy. And there was a, um, and you know how like podcasts chat to the producer behind the glass mm. and then and you sometimes know who the producer is so like who's the one on joe rogan he's like oh young jamie, jamie what yeah. You? and yeah he chimes in with stuff so this podcast has one of those i forget what his name is but he, it, the producer was also doing a bit of weight loss but obviously he was doing his quietly and like <laughs> you know he only chips in on the podcast a little bit just cracking on with it and so I, let's just say his name was i don't know bruce for example it yeah. wasn't i'm just pulling that out of thin air and but i was like ah oh, bruce you let's do it together and you can be my accountability buddy but at, interestingly they did this for like two episodes where he just go oh hey accountability buddy <laughs> and then it they stopped referring to it just without a trace and I think that maybe putting two and two together, the Bruce or whatever the producer was actually called said, by the way, like, I don't really want to talk about be a part of this. Oh, uh, oh wow. Like, well, I'm just, maybe. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it was weird that they just phased it out and, you know. Or maybe they also found that he had stolen that word from someone else. And, um, accountability. Buddy. Like I bet it's a thing. Maybe. Yeah. So, um, But I'm your accountability buddy. So you, every Sunday or bank holiday Monday, record one of these. Yes. Um, and without really realizing that there's any value to anyone listening other than just it's more for me we decided isn't it it's more to just get me to be honest it's therapy because i get so bored during the week and so lonely it's so terribly lonely i feel lonely. like you've got a lot of stuff to talk through i have a lot of stuff to talk through and i i should start writing again really because i used to write and that's how it gets out of my head oh god i'm so fucking narcissistic i'm really sort of really <laughs> it's all about you it's all about me yeah. just chatting through stuff um, but, you know, I'm just hoping to, like, raise awareness of what I'm going through in case it, like, really, you know, touches other people's <laughs> hearts and they feel less alone because of me. Yeah, I, th I think shit. a lot of stuff like that sometimes, like, sort of deep <laughs> stuff, important stuff. Yeah. But what I did, what I did like, because you stopped doing the podcast for a bit, which is 
I think fucking understandable. I'm astonished that some people manage to put one out every week and mm. have been doing so for five, ten years. And I think that's where the, the genius is, is whatever people have got going on. You have to be consistent, yeah. yeah. Um, so what I loved the last sort of real run you had was the conversations you were having with just anybody. Um, just because I thought that's what I find interesting is conversation. It's great to listen to while I'm running or, you know, while people are in the car. Um, so I sort of like that. This sounds bad. I liked the 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 lack of direction. Mm. I just like that. Today we're going to talk to this person. Yeah, that, I mean it can be cool, but I think just in terms of creating, um, I don't know value. I you can you can get away with that when you are a somebody. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's why people listen. It's like oh, this person, this comedian who I like is talking that's to this like, yeah, person, yeah. and they can talk to anyone random. And when you're like a nobody, it's not really, you know. Um, that I, the point of it is like what is the point of this and everything is different every time so yeah. there's like a different conversation with a different person and it touches on a different subject so any listener is not like going oh okay I'm really interested in this subject and real deep dives or whatever into it and so well maybe it's because I find you interesting uh, yeah no I mean <laughs> it, but it, could, but it could be no but as in I have like um, like I'll have friends who listen and to be honest it, this is if it is just my friends listening, that's quite nice because um, no one talks enough at the moment to each other. Like, yeah, it's that's quite true. hard. So it's like, it's just broadcasting. I suppose that's what a lot of podcasts are really, just people capturing their, their catch ups. Yeah. So, like, I went to see my mates Drew and Andy in, in the week. We went to uh, the Tatchell Castle, mm. which is a boat in London, but it's like a boat pub. It doesn't sail, it just sits there. And I haven't seen them both together for many, many months. And Oh, having a great chat, and I, I was just—I th- I was thinking during, like, if we'd filmed, like, th- some people would consider this a podcast if they just captured it and put yeah, it out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's—I yeah. mean—that's also quite a lot of jokes about that and memes about. It. It's like when you have like, people yeah. just having a conversation. Oh, we should turn this into a podcast. It's like, well, actually, sometimes you can just have a conversation with someone, like, like back in the old days, and didn't, yeah. it so, didn't yeah, have to include everyone. Captured, yeah. yeah, it's very weird. It, yeah. Well, and then. Oh shit! I've got two lines of thought based on that. Go on. Right. Okay. Well. Well. One is, um, I guess, it's where the curation thing comes on, mm-hmm. in where there's there's no filter for content anymore. People are just chatting or taking photos or whatever it is they do and sticking them on the internet, um, social media, whatever. And whereas you know, you know, so now anyone, everyone's got a podcast. Not everyone needs a podcast, mm. but you're in, we're in a world where here's my thing. I've created it. I've put it out there. I don't want people to engage with it. Whereas previously, like podcast, it was radio. Mm-hmm. So you would have to be employed by a radio station or production house and have the skills deemed, you know, of a high enough level to be broadcast to people's ears. That's where the curation comes well, in. Well, it's not, yeah, you had to have the training. You you weren't allowed. I mean, yeah, we talked about this the other day um, that you, you had to have a basic level of fucking English. You had to understand the law. You had to know quite a lot of mm. very basic foundations of journalism. Like everyone sort of had to be a journalist mm-hmm. um, or an expert in their subject. Um, and now it's it, it it's very, very different. And this is why there's so much, um, I don't know, I think there are so many issues um, and people getting into like deep water, legally at least, mm. um, because they don't anything like it's still mad to me when i see people post stuff with 
celebrity photos like you can get you know small brands posting a picture of like celebrities with whatever and like back in the day you couldn't just use a photo that Mm. wasn't yours like you can't you couldn't just do that and now it's just accepted and it's just it's happened because the the volume is so high Mm. um it's like 10 years ago like posting a meme even Mm. you know it's like you don't you don't own that photo yeah um and if anyone who wanted to be a dick and uh, make it a legal matter could but it's something it's like this weird gray area that we haven't really the law hasn't really no if, one's making yeah. those case, cases sorry it's about no i wonder if it's interesting like if you're into like i don't know intellectual property law mm. or something yeah. where it's at at the minute with regards to this exponential change in how we consume yeah. content yeah um i bet it's yeah working itself out as it goes yeah and i think it's all down to the volume of it and and big brands are just like, okay, well, we can't do anything about it mm. for certain things. But obviously, YouTube and Facebook have made massive changes over the last few years in terms of music and all that kind of thing. They have they're using more technologies that can vet music and and know if it's copyright under copyright or whatever. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's sort of technology is is leading the way rather than the law, maybe. But yeah, this idea of, of curation and everyone having a podcast, it's. It, it, yeah it's that whole it's like when your grandparents will go like well my step grand will be like oh yeah they're a good musician they're they're on youtube <laughs> and it's like because they think something is publicly mm. available that it's a sign of quality yeah. or um yeah, uh, yeah. well yeah quality. what's the other thing i'm thinking of um i don't know st- not status but as in it, it's been accepted like it's it's on mm. the public platform therefore it has to be good mm. or they have to have fans or whatever it's like yeah you could this is technology now um so like i don't think some people get the broadcast like anyone can broadcast stuff nowadays mm. yeah, yeah um uh whereas actually it's become a bit more of a communication medium with just a like it's instead of booking a meeting room for 15 people or something mm. or instead of throwing a little party every now and again with yeah. your mates you do you're putting content out there i don't know i guess it's like um maybe if you just if we all just embrace the beauty of the free-for-all mm. and go find those fucking standards have gone so just find what you you know find to be interesting and engage with that yeah um it teaches us something important about audience that like um i think again because of the curation and the standards and the quality and the um the the closed doors to a lot of people and having to know the right people to get into the media and all that sort of thing um because there's not that anymore um completely lost my fucking train of thought that's so annoying i could start a sentence and forget where i'm halfway i've got like bsc or something um yeah i think before i used to think in terms of creativity and the permission that you had to have and the access you had to gain to be able to reach an audience, um, that it was like you're either good or you weren't because there were all those curators. Um, and now it's like, oh no, I realize, I realize something that everyone is, most people knew, um, which is it's all about audience. If you can find an audience, that's that's all you need. And you just mm-hmm. build that little audience um, in the same way that you can be a pub band mm. at O'Neill's and there'll be some locals be like, oh yeah, that band are playing again. Mm. And you know, they're not stars. They're never going to make it big or whatever. Mm. But it's knowing, oh, there's a value in in accessing an, a particular audience. And that's what, yeah, the content world is doing now. It's, it's giving you free access to loads and loads of people. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it's like, what is, um, 
Are we all just dumbing down each other because we're just having lots of conversations rather than... Oh, I think it's actually... It's all about connection rather than value. I guess it is. I mean, I was going to say there's so much quantity out Mm. there now. And the quality is, you know, by contrast, just absolute crap yeah but, but then again they're, they're, but then again on a positive note there's something out there for absolutely everybody yeah. i thought when we did our book podcast which i know was an idea we started way before the pandemic but ended up being a pandemic project in my head mm. um i thought oh there's got to be an audience out there who are people who want to talk about books or listen to people talking about books not like a stuffy old fucking yeah. academic and and the thing that inspired that for me was when we were in um, you were in Paris on your MA and I was t- I, I came along and I was talking to some of your course mates about some Hemingway and stuff but talking about it in my terms yeah. which was just down the pub you know loose um, non-pretentious like how you break down a movie with your buddies so I thought oh, there's got to be an audience for that yeah um, but, I suppose there kind of was as well but well, my god you have to t- tap hard at the like social media to let people know you're there yeah there was that but also in that same vein um something about like creating content or doing what you want um often it's made through i mean it could be made through like in this case my arm want to sort of carry on with the project or whatever um often though we don't we don't have a sense of the full cultural landscape anyway. So we're like, oh, I'm going to do book podcasts because no one does book podcasts this way. But actually, how many had we listened to? We're thinking of our childhood or growing up or teen years or 20s or something. And often mm. I think I wonder how much stuff is based on our expectation and our view of stuff when we're not actually rooted in the world. Because there were loads of book podcasts coming out and, and, and Graham Norton did one, I think, on Audible. Um yeah, I mean, potentially. I wonder. I can only speak for me, but I listened to... Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I tried to find a book park podcast because well, I wanted one. Oh, that's and, true. Yeah, we did look up. And yeah. they're all shit. Yeah, I, I I wanted to find a beer podcast as well, but like something relatable, people reviewing, cool, interesting stuff. They were all... Yeah, there were some awful ones. I just mm. couldn't find a good one. And I think it's, as someone that listens to a lot of podcasts, I want to find good podcasts. And there's a lot out there of really good concepts with awful execution and yeah. stuff um oh shit i don't actually want to like name specific ones but well, that's fine. <laughs> um yeah they're, they're, yeah there's just a lot of examples where you know like you say people aren't that media savvy or you know the audio quality is you know audio quality can be poor it doesn't have to be radio standard but there's sometimes it's too poor to actually mm. listen to um yeah um anyway what have we what have we been up to this week like comedy comedy <laughs> i was gonna say we could talk, talk about like podcasts it's quite a meta conversation um yeah what what have you been up to this week today no this week was ridiculously busy because hmm. um, i've got a busy job and then uh tuesday night i was at an award ceremony hmm. did not win an award but was there wednesday night i uh, we went to see tom, tom segura. segura yeah do you want to talk about that but, do you want to do you want an overview of my week uh, what else? Yeah, tell me about First this. day, I saw my friends Andy and Drew oh, on yeah. the Tactical Castle, oh, which yeah. is very nice. And Friday was going to be my prized evening where I was going to just have a cup of tea and go to bed early. But someone from work asked me if I'd like to go for a beer at the Red Lion. You never say no. And you don't <laughs> say no to a beer. So that was that. And then we were at the rugby yesterday. Which was not a good result. 
but don't, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, what about you? What did you do? What do you? I also went to see Tom Segura. Funnily enough, um, on Wednesday, um, I had to look at my calendar to see what I did this week. I worked, went to the gym. Um, what do you know? What? Oh, that was it. What did I do? On, what did I do on Friday? Oh, I had night in on Friday. Saturday was busy because I went to I went to see my friend at the Affordable Art Fair. I went to see her art with my other wonderful friend Jen. So it's Jen and Natasha. And then went to the rugby, um, and then went to the Nova Cinema in Woking with my friend Jules and Jen as well, and uh, watched the Eurovision, and that was great. Cause all dressed I, up. All dressed up. Yeah, J- Jules Jules turned up in like leggings and a leotard, um, and I happened to have a, um, a leopard print leotard as well, so I then put on my catsuit and my leotard <laughs> and went to, um, went to the cinema and watched it. It was quite fun. Um, Finland was robbed, but yeah, uh, not for the first time in its history. Yeah, <laughs> hey, am I right? Um, yeah, cool. and that was, and then today, yeah, we've had a little bit of a walk and just kind of chilling. I just keep sleeping today. Yeah, you need to sleep. I've had a nap as well. We have to walk out a nap. Yeah, but yeah, Wednesday because we've got opinions on right. Tom Segura. Let's do it. Let's get uh, stuck into it because 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 comedy is the main theme of your yeah podcast sort of now. yeah okay, yeah cool. yeah it is well <laughs> talk, talking about comedy rather than doing the comedy okay uh, but yeah so Tom Segura went to see him at Wembley Arena firstly when we booked it um, tickets were selling quickly and I managed to get um, not the best seats but the circle seats at the Hammersmith Apollo and we've seen many comedians at the Hammersmith Apollo um, was, it's fucking awesome yeah love it it's, it's perfect for comedians and Tom Segura yeah we booked to see it there and instead of them adding extra dates fine wasn't available whatever they decided to upgrade the venue to the arena Wembley Arena which was what 20,000 capacity is it oh don't know but okay. a hell of a lot too big for comedy too big too big for comedy lots of things wrong with it for comedy I'm going to just quickly look up the capacity okay. well while you google that which can I just me say all of 12, oh, 12 oh. and a half thousand is that it okay hmm. and it's about 5,000 for Hammersmith isn't it the Apollo Apollo Eventine Apollo that is only 3,300 right okay fine which is why it's so good but yeah they wanted to triple their ticket sales rather than putting three nights on yeah so first thing I would say is fuck Wembley Arena yeah. Fuck Wembley Arena, so fucking far away from me. And when it gets there, fuck okay. off even further up the Metropolitan Line. Who said that first? I don't know where I got it from, but I love it. Um, no, seriously. Um, well, I don't know if to first be positive about Tom Segura because oh, Tom Segura is great. Things. Yeah, Tom Segura is awesome, yeah. and his so he was awesome. Was, was so I don't know if um, your your people listening know who Tom Segura is, but there's if in case you don't, there are several Netflix specials, and they're all hilarious. Yeah. He is a great comedian. Um, very cutting, very quick, very just pushes it, doesn't he? Yeah, he has he has po- so many podcasts. Well, podcast with his best friend, podcast with his wife, who is also a comedian. She's hilarious too. Um, yeah, and just great. Uh, yeah, cutting, very, very dark humoured, very satirical. Um, and he just didn't disappoint. He came out and did his thing. His facial expressions are hilarious, yeah. his flippancy. I think it was just, yeah, everything you could have wanted. Um, so he was great, like yeah. big, big tick. But yeah, how disappointing was that change of venue? Yeah. Because I feel like, I, how many have we done at 
I think we've done three at Hammersmith Apollo now together. We've done it Eliza, Burt Kreischer and um, Jim Jeffries. Yeah, Jim um, Jeffries like bang on front row. We awesome. Were on the front row, yeah. Um, Burt Kreischer front of the circle, which was right in the middle, which was wicked. That was and my then, favourite. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Eliza was, was not full, but it was... Eliza, we were quite far... I actually didn't enjoy Eliza. No, she wasn't as... Yeah. We were quite far back and sort of on the balcony to the side. Uh, she was pregnant. She seemed to be workshopping new material or at least not completely all in on the show. She didn't seem all in. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, there was a lot of stuff that was funny. I think there was something about... Um, a screen would have helped, actually. Yeah. I do think that for when you were stage, in the, a bare stage. Yeah. Um, her mic kept breaking because she kept dropping it, which... Yeah. I, I don't know how her texts were like yeah. okay with that. I think yeah. she dropped it like four times. And I love Eliza. Absolutely. Like she's, oh, she's, she's incredible. Easily she's... in my top five comedians. Yeah. Um, Elder Millennial. Is that the one, Elder the first Millennial. special we watched together? That was the first one we watched, but she had done yeah, quite a few before That's that. That's so good. And she's... But yeah, I just, yeah, that didn't work for me, that one. However, Apollo's still great. Those serve two times. And do you know why it's awesome? Not just because, you know, it's a beautiful theatre with... Um, great seats, um, like a great atmosphere. Um, you know, the, you, you walk in there and you're like, oh, we're ready for some comedy. You know, you go to the bar, you double park, yeah. you get in there. And then Wembley Arena, to to fast forward to the reason we're doing this contrast, I'm, I was so profoundly aware I was in an aircraft hangar in North London. Yeah. It felt like you were basically still outside. Yeah. It felt temporary. That really, yeah, it felt temporary. It felt really cold and stale. It actually was fairly cold. It was cold. Um, the this... seating in the middle of the floor was flat. So at the flat, Hammersmith yeah. Apollo, it's like, because it's set up to watch. Well, it's an actual theatre. Yeah, it's an actual yeah. theatre. It's staggered. So, or is that, yeah, is that the word? Yeah, sort of rises as you go further back tiered tiered that's what i meant yeah well it's tiered but also the seats themselves that's just on a slope yeah so that you're not just behind you yeah. and whereas this was we sat down it's like oh of course we can't see in front because there's we, we have heads right in front of us yeah we're probably 100 meters from the stage right yeah and Which they didn't the... even stagger the seating so you're sort of in between no so you are looking directly from... at the back of someone's head in front yeah. of you plastic seats as well whereas the apollo yeah, is like cheap shitty cushioned. things when someone gets up it was all wobbling yeah honestly we sound like like i hate using this like easy term but like people like fucking young people call us karens we are like, listen to these I'm karens being a karen but, fuck you but I'm a karen. it was pretty shit in that respect and um we just felt really yeah. it actually felt really disrespectful to your audience and i know that's terrible and it's nothing to do with, with tom segura it's yeah they want to ma maximize um ticket sales he's doing this massive tour i don't know what's 300 nights or something insane mm -hmm. so you, you can't do the extra dates couldn't fit in the extra dates and obviously there was massive demand for it but um it was just just uh so there was the, the coldness of it. There was the flatness. So you couldn't actually see the stage. So I actually had to look at the screens. And mm. we weren't so far away that we couldn't have seen him no. had the, the the seating been, been properly done. But also added to that, firstly, the food and drinks around the outside. It's such a small food and drinks area. It's like this really narrow kind of For thing around arena, the edge of it. Yeah. And I know all the food and drinks are like outside of the arena and there's loads of options there. Um, you get loaded fries, which is plant-based chili, which I don't understand. Um, that's oh, it. That was the only <laughs> like fine, but also give a a meat give option. Give a real <laughs> option. People want to actually eat some fucking food. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, and no, if I, let's talk about that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that's to do ridiculous. loaded fries without them actually being actual loaded fries. Yeah, what loaded with what? Disappointment. The law. Yeah, very fuck good. Very good. <laughs> um, but then the biggest thing was 
we can't use our phones inside. We know this. That's absolutely fine. It's on the tickets. You get an email beforehand saying no phones inside, even though they insist on you. It, this thing, you can't leave your phone at home because you have to use the fucking Ovo Arena app to get in. So you have to get your tickets through. Not only do you order via the Eventim app, which has your tickets on it, then once you get to the Ovo Arena, they tell you, you have to then download that app, mm. up, get the tickets on that thing as well. And so you you, ha- you can't leave your phone at home. It can't be like a phoneless day, which to be honest, I would pref- like, if that's what I'm going to do, that, that's fine. Um, but as soon as you get in, and this is before anyone is on stage, and we're talking an empty room, well, not an empty room, as in nothing's on stage, there's nothing nice on the screens, the music is kind of fine and flat, and there's no atmosphere. The lighting is slightly, it's it's up, obviously, but it's just really cold. It's, it's flaccid. Very much it feels flaccid. Pre-show, take your seats. Yeah, take your seats. And then there are these big, really poorly designed, horrible signs on each of the uh, screens that say phone use is strictly prohibited. And then it says you cannot use, you cannot get your phone out for texting, social media, blah, 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 blah. which is actually quite confusing because it lists the specific uses you can't use your phone. But they also say if you get your phone out, if you're on your phone, you will um, be uh, chucked out. And that is no warnings and no excuses kind of thing. It's like, mm. and, and I did actually see people tell people and then they did get warnings. But it was like, it created this really cold, stale, horrible atmosphere, which was like, you should be so fucking lucky to even be here. Mm. Get off your fucking phones. And I understand if comedians don't want phones in there. I understand if venues do. And I get it, especially I get it from the taking photos and social media side of it. Fine. I have a slight issue with you don't get to dictate how I experience this. Mm. Like, you know, people are like, oh, give your attention to the comedian. I get it in that it's like, it's it's not great for other people. Like if there's a screen mm. out or anything like that. But it there's this... Um, no, like, like we dictate how you get to it. You experience this comedy. This comedian needs your full attention. Fine, we're going to give it. Like we're paying fifty quid to see them. Yeah. Um, but well, is it not that the earliest principle of it is like they don't want you posting, yeah, posting their jokes that they haven't yet. Yeah, you know, they're still touring them and they haven't yeah. yet put it on a special or on Netflix or YouTube or whatever. Yeah, it's, and it's probably against their contracts. I imagine there's something massive in their Netflix special contracts yeah. and stuff. It's that they like, have to put out. Yeah. yeah um, so they're protecting uh, themselves yeah, legally. So- um, but, but so, like, yeah, don't film during the show. That's common fucking sense. Yeah. Um, and you'll get told off for that and you expect to get told yeah. off for that. But it's the fact that these signs, and it's like they could have had, I don't know, they could have rec- done a pre-recorded thing mm. to be on the screens of Tom Segura or whatever, or just anything at all could have been on those screens to give a sense of atmosphere, to remind people you're in for a show, the yeah. comedians love you, like uh, there's the, some sense of appreciation of an audience. But it was like, you're not allowed on your phones. Yeah. And that was it. And they kept repeating this message every 10 minutes as well. It was like some like... like prison. It was like fucking 1984 like, kind yeah, of thing. North Korea, when the <laughs> fireplaces start reading a public service announcement to them. Yeah, it's just like the um, Danoi. I don't know. And I guess yeah. while probably none of... I bet this doesn't set the scene as to just how kind of stale it was. Yeah. But by comparison, again, going back to the Apollo, when we saw Jim Jeffries, when we saw Burt Kreischer, mm. how buzzing was so the room buzzing. before they came out? Yeah. Like, I remember before Burt came out, he had like um, Blink-182, all the small yeah. things on. Not his, his like intro tape, but just the stuff that the mm. PA's playing while everyone's just coming back and getting ready for the show. Um, and yeah, I think they probably had a no phones sign, but like, I don't know, just nothing about it. We knew felt... not to be on our phones yeah. and, as um... well. And you can always expect an usher to tell you off. Like... Yeah. But yeah, it was just, um... 
yeah, it, it, it was such a shame because because still like and thank God Tom Segura is as good as he was. Mm. Otherwise, that would have been a terrible uh, experience. But he was awesome. I mean, God, he did like some local satire jokes about mm. Britain and our culture, some observation stuff. He talked about um, it, like when his mum took drugs. Yeah. He talked about his friend Joey Dares trying to drug him. He did some jokes about yeah. his kids. He was awesome. Yeah. So that completely rescued it. But yeah, it just left a bit of a sour taste. And I'd say if you're going to go to something at Wembley Arena, fucking don't. Don't, don't. Um, yeah. yeah, like the O2 Arena is too big for comedy, mm -hmm. but it's still, it feels like a venue. Yeah. It feels like a venue. Um, like an event, like you're actually going to an event. Yeah. Like <laughs> nothing's better than the Apollo. The Bloomsbury Theatre was pretty cool. We mm -hmm. saw Chris DiStefano there. Yeah, DiStefano, yeah. Um, that was good. He was cool. But yeah, uh, Wembley Arena, nah. Mm. Hard pass. Just, you sat on fucking plastic seats. Like, have some fucking respect. You are taking yeah. so much money. Shall so I, much money. I'll throw it a slight bone. Go on. In that, I thought the hot dog was very good. <laughs> I did. I thought that I hot didn't. dog was nice. You didn't? No, it was dry bread. But I, I'm oh. picky about all food. Oh, I quite liked it. And they had, um, you know, you got all Very that... quick service for the hot dog. I will give them that. Very yes. Quick, yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is we didn't have to queue crazy mm. for anything. Um, so we got served the hot dog quick. And then, like, you've got, obviously, the bars with your standard, like, Heineken and all that. But they had a craft beer bar. It was Lagunitas IPA or nice. Moldsmith. So I had a couple of nice Lagunitas, which is awesome, and didn't have to queue for that. However, mm -hmm. that was a stoner audience. Yeah, yeah, The stark yeah. contrast. And, and you don't realise these things, because I think, oh, I like all these comedians, it's all going to be the same audience. Mm. But, like... No, Burt's is a drinking Burt's, audience. Do you remember the queue for the yeah. bar at Burt's? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't a joke. And, I mean, Hammersmith's got a big bar that can handle bar queues, but yeah. it was like... It's crazy. Basically, I missed the support so I could queue and I double parked us both because I was like, wow. Then you got yeah, told off is... by the support, didn't you? Uh, that was at gym. But that's worth yeah, talking Jim about. Jeffrey. So again, so we were with our friends Hannah and John who are drinkers. And again, Jim Jeffries is a drinking audience because yeah. his like, material is all about booze. Even though um, he's not. Or he's been a boozer over the years. Mm. And and uh, we had front row seats thanks to our friend John who'd bought that in with the meet and greet and everything. <laughs> and... Um, he bought out two comedians first, so we're kind of loaded up with drinks. And I, we were just, we've been at the pub all day, haven't we? We've been hammering it. Was, it was such it a good day. We did a VR experience, VR gaming experience awesome. at Hammersmith, which I highly recommend. Yeah. So much um, fun. But yeah, the last, so he bought out two guys, the second of which was this big sort of Canadian guy. He looked like Mick Foley, the wrestler, if anyone mm -hmm. um, connects that reference. Um, big Canadian guy, really, really funny, really jolly. He was one of those, like, he wasn't doing any interaction or picking on the audience kind of thing. Um, you know, you, he's a comedian you felt very safe with. And I thought, as soon as he's wrapping up, I'm going to, because they shut the bars while the comedians are on, which yeah. I get. I thought, and I'm on the, bear in mind, I'm in the front row. He's standing right over the top of us. I thought, as soon as he's wrapping up, because it's my round next, I'm going to like start making my way out, which in hindsight probably was a little bit, not, didn't mean it to be rude, but maybe it does just look like, yeah, someone's getting up and walking during your set. Yeah. But I definitely didn't think of but it But you know, way. in a comedy club, no. you're in a different sort of venue. No, and so, I would never yeah. do it in a comedy club. But I was just thinking, oh, I'll just beat the mad cues of the bar. Then mm -hmm. I can get back in time with drinks for yeah. you and Hannah and John <laughs> and me. And uh, yeah. So anyway, he was rapping up. He's going, okay, my name's, I can't remember his name. Uh, my name's so-and-so. Listen to my podcast. Everybody listen to my podcast. And at that point, I'd got up and just like, well, <laughs> and he went, except you, you, go. He's actually going to the lobby right now to listen. And that I, and it's so funny because in a venue that size, you can just feel it bearing down on you. Now, I took, obviously, I, you know, I thought it was funny and I took it well. Uh, but yeah, it was like the eyes, like 3,000 or however many, many you just Googled eyes all from upstairs <laughs> in the stalls are all just looking down on me as I walked out. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really good. Yeah. Um, what was the original point?
point to that? I don't know. Oh, yeah, but no bar cues at Tom Segura, but everybody, I mean everybody, stank, stank of yeah. marijuana. <laughs> like, in the, like you know, when you get out of the train and everyone's clearly going to the same venue and everyone's smoking dope, some people were just smoking spliffs. Um, inside, yeah, it was just, it was a weed smokers audience and there was not really any bar cues. Did the early support act say something like, he was talking about marijuana, he was like, you, you guys call it cannabis here? It's like, yeah, but we still know, like, we still use all the yeah, words. He, but did he say something He pointed really out weird? like it was a cultural difference. Yeah, or I'm like, no. Yeah. No, mate. We just, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that was that. That was the arena experience. It just got me really thinking about audience experience. And like, no matter how big you get, mm. and I know this is that you're always going to pull in people. It won't make a difference. I, I, I don't, I mean, if actually, no, if Tom Segura was at Wembley Arena again, and that was the only way of seeing the UK, would we go? I don't know. But, um, Maybe not. The only thing I, I would say... I had to crane my neck, you know? I wouldn't sit on the um, the, the main floor. Yeah. I, up, up to the sides. It was okay, yeah. But again, Wembley Arena's too big. Mm. Um, I've actually... I've been there once before. It was to do a guitar tech job back when mm. I did that kind of thing. Um, I remember thinking that was awesome because I was on the stage and like, oh, that place is huge, mm. huge. But yeah, sitting in the audience, it just... Like I say, and the size of it was probably similar size to the O2 Arena... And again, yeah, I, I, like 20, I, I saw the O2 Arena. Well, I've been to many things there where I've been at the front, at the side, at the back, whatever. But that's too big. So I think when we've been in my uncle, he doesn't, his company doesn't have a box there anymore. But mm. we saw Michelle Obama. Yeah, and you're that, all the way right at the back. That was fucking terrible. Boring, yeah. Uh, and, I saw, <laughs> and I saw The Who in his box there. And that's awesome. Yeah, it's The Who. But I am going, ah, oh, it would be cool to be down the front. Yeah. So the O2 Arena is too big, but at least it feels like a really well put together venue. In fact, we, when we saw Haim, Mm, that, that was, was right. cool yeah we and we were, were at, farther back yeah. we were at the back but like dead on like, yeah but the screens and the, everything were good and big and, and we were just yeah. looking directly at the stage you know yeah. over the top of the sound desk I think we, I think we were fun, probably yeah. 10 rows up so that was good so it's too big but at least it's a good facility yeah it just, it just gets me thinking about setting the tone before a gig and like how you do that and, mm. and I'm guessing everyone was like fucking high so they wouldn't have noticed as much as I did <laughs> well that was the weird thing is yeah no one seemed to be hating it yeah it, no one was buzzing for the gig no, but no there was no energy there was, there was no, no, energy there was the no evidence of people going what the fuck is this uh, yeah, I just, maybe it's just because we get to a lot of comedy and I don't know if, like oh, maybe oh, I might be being really <laughs> assumptive here but maybe all the people around us this was their one night out and they you know yeah, had different standards know. for a comedy Maybe. show but um yeah. yeah i mean i think we've we've just got those other ones fresh in our memories um well, we, yeah we've just had such good experiences mm. lately well anyway that's our review of tom segura at the <laughs> the arena tom segura excellent arena can yeah fuck off mm. um what else what's been going on boyfriend i started writing a list of stuff i wanted to do for this it's all very ambitious mm-hmm. um so I've got, oh, chat, discuss discuss an idea and look up research stuff okay. like I did. I'm not going to do that. I, I was going to ask you about your comedy night on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Because you've told me, I'm coming to it. Yes, you're coming. But I, until today, I didn't realise it was, um, uh, the headliner was... Well, uh, well Rosie Holt is going to be um, opening and then Shirley and Shirley are Shirley and Shirley, that's who I was thinking it, yeah. of, yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. So Rosie Holt is the she does political. The, she does the yeah the MP. She like pretends to be Tory. Yeah, that's funny. But yeah, I mean she's she said this. People are like, oh, is this is anti-Tory. She's like, no, it's just whichever. It's just because they're the the party in government. They're very easy why. to make fun of. Yeah, but she's also like that's why it's because they're the party in government. So mm-hmm. it would be whoever's like yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean I don't know what her. I've, I've seen her 
on Guilty Feminist live podcast at uh, Edinburgh Fringe last year. And um, I know she's just done her first tour. Um, so I don't really I don't really know whether this will be her uh, straight stand up or it'll be sort of a sketch thing in mm. character. Um, yeah, she's very cool. Really, really lovely. That'd be good. Yeah, I do. Friends, so. The Twitter algorithm has definitely thrown her stuff up. Uh, oh, really? So I've seen her. Yeah. And Shirley and Shirley, I know to be great. I mean, I've seen them awesome, a couple yeah. of times now. It's funny watching them operate in that space as well. Mm. It's always funny, actually. Like, so obviously, for reference, we're talking about your comedy night in Woking, which is in the really nice little rustic wine bar. Mm. Um, and it is interesting to see different comedians like deal with that space because it is slightly unusual. It's not the standard, you know. Well, there's no stage. There's no light. You know, I, I keep thinking maybe I should get some of my lights back because my brother's borrowing them and it might mm. actually, um, it might be an idea to actually fix a light somewhere. Um, Possibly, because I, I my eyes end up struggling when I'm at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a really cool, like quirky, yeah, sort of like you said, sort of French, um, shabby chicish, sort of cobbled together kind of vibe. Um, yeah. But really, really good wine. It's it's the it's definitely the unconventional thing that makes it tick. I yeah. think that's what makes like, the people that have been coming back and buying tickets every month yeah. seem to have locked on to just the vibe you've created with it. I think so. I hope so. Um, yeah, there's still a lot. To, I mean, I've got to got to figure out what I'm doing for the next six months and book in more acts and everything because I'm only booked up until July now, which I sorted out back in February. And now I'm taking August off. And then, yeah, September's hopefully going to plan like a party-ish sort of thing. Um, that is going to be worth celebrating a year. I of, think so, yeah. You haven't missed a month, have you? Uh, no, no, it's been, yeah, it's been every month. Yeah. It's just August that will be. So it will technically be, well, it'll actually be the 12th show because we're doing a work in progress night as well in June. Um, for an Edinburgh like a taste of fringe night which people are already buying tickets for which is great um, yeah I need to get on it and start pushing stuff I'm doing um, there's a lot to do and every time you think something's sorted you're like no no you have to keep working and mm-hmm. um, yeah having to do my comedy admin in the mornings before work yeah well just through attending it and I feel like I've attended at least half yeah you have haven't um, you <laughs> yeah well I guess it's only like work travel and that's mm. the only reason why I wouldn't be there as if i had a work thing on um i've just seen such a spread of comedians and like a like a lot of them who probably haven't done woking before a lot of them haven't done outside london before like some of the open spots haven't done that and i think it's great that like not that i know anything about the comedy scene that you've just created woking as a (laughs) point on the comedy map because these people are you know people on the scene so there is another comedy night in woking um that this guy runs but um Really? Yeah, I think he does it at the football club, at Woking Football Club. Okay. Um, Which is miles from here, to be fair. Is it? Is yeah, it's far. far. It's oh, far. okay. It's like the other other side of the station and then, then some. Uh, like, well, I mean, I, th- I think that's a full room and it's a decent number of people he gets and stuff. I don't think... It, it's just a very different vibe because ours is wine... That's more comedy club vibe, I think. Mm-hmm. And ours is, yeah, wine bar. It's meant to be like a taste of what's going on. That's, yeah. the, that's the actual thing. So I call it like... Um, you know the brightest comedians on the comedy circle you know Woking's Freshest Comedy Night it's um, it's to give you a bit of the buzz of either acts working out the comedy stuff mm-hmm. it's got a bit of a community vibe to it um, but I don't know whether that's just I never take something completely seriously and never see it in a sort of um, glitzy not glitz and glamour like in the kind of a finished product way mm-hmm. but I sort of like that it gives you that sense of all those nights that we've been to 
like the open mic nights and yeah, there's, the small I mean, comedy places, the, the, the places above a pub and everything. Oh, there's some weird and wonderful yeah. ones, aren't there? Like I like, yeah, I like the one in, the one we've done a lot, uh, Vauxhall, Stockwell, mm -hmm. the one in Stockwell. Yeah, yeah, Com uh, Cavendish Arms, yeah. Cavendish Arms, which is like a burlesque kind of stage. It's like set up for burlesque. Cabaret small, style. Cabaret, cabaret. That's sorry, that's cabaret, the word yeah. I'm looking for. <laughs> I have not the yeah. burlesque there yet. No. And, um, and Farrah's is really good. Farrah's is awesome, pint yeah, pint-sized. In Islington, our old yeah. neck of the woods. Yeah, in Angel. Um, um, I think it's like two a month there now. What's it above? That is a great, but the alpaca. The alpaca, The alpaca yeah. is it's a magnificent pub on the Essex wicked. Road. Yeah, Farrah's a great compare. She does your great compare sometimes. and great comic. And I guess it's not just a comedy night, is it? They like someone gets up with a ukulele. And it's then, it's like... technically a sort. It's a pre-planned open mic night, so yeah, yeah, people sign up ahead of it. Um, yeah, well, that's always good. Ah, um, oh, it's just, it's another reason to miss London. I'm it's I and yeah, getting momentum to get into London to get booked on nights mm. is just. Because the one thing with comedy nights is you want to go there first, really, just to get a sense of the room, say hello to the compare or whoever's running the night. Yeah. And then they can maybe book you on or whatever. But when you're sort of going in blind and you're just constantly emailing people, it's quite, it's a bit um, hard. Yeah. And I would have thought, yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, be amazed at like, the amount of stuff I just haven't had responses to. And I'm like, I think my solo theatre clip is, is decent enough to get me a slot. It's really good. Um, I guess there's just... There's so many people. So many people yeah, in the inbox, so aren't they? Um, and I remember it was the the, the same when um, again I'll refer to when I was at uni, and and had a kind of band that we'd just kind of take anything as long as it was a gig in London because mm. like when you know, your lecturers at uni are going make sure you're out there playing you never know who's you gonna never be. know who's you gonna, gonna be. I'm like, like yeah the fucking A and R from yeah. Sony just drops into some toilet in Kilburn mm -hmm. but no they fucking don't. Like, <laughs> however we had some very very good and fun times and you meet a lot of great other yeah, musicians. Yeah well you just so. have to do it don't you? You just have to be there. You literally have to be mm. around where everyone else is. Yeah. And that I mean that's how I got singing gigs. You know that's how. And I never really think, about, I, I had to put myself out there for singing gigs. I did mm. the rounds and um, and I often forget just how much effort I put in because it didn't feel like effort at the time. It just felt like survival. <laughs> it was mm. like, well, you're going to need to get some money in and, and crack on. And then you put the odd clip up and, and, and opportunities happen. And um, I never really sort of count that. But um, I was going to say, what joke should I work on? For Tuesday? Yeah, I need to think what to talk about. Is there any of your jokes in your regular set that you haven't done there before because i can't remember i think it's all they're all masturbation <laughs> they're all relationship and masturbation stuff um, and you criticize not people masturbation, for masturbation jokes. not not masturbating me um <laughs> what am i saying masturbate they're not masturbation jokes i don't do masturbation hmm. jokes no so what are you referring to hand job jokes that's what i mean <laughs> that is a masturbation joke yeah but it's not me it's different okay yeah anyway have you done that in cellar magnifique was I there? I don't, I don't. I think. I don't think I went full hand job. I think I went on one bit, and it's it's not really the right crowd. For I was it. gonna say that's the one thing about this woking uh, night that I notice a couple of. I wouldn't say anyone's really died on stage there, but they have definitely the more vulgar comedians. You can feel the room tensing. Yeah, up a little bit. because it's an early night, and I I do think, and actually Judy Carter's book that you bought me. She talks about be clean. You have to you have to be able to do clean stuff. Yeah. Especially if you want like, you know, um to be yeah, to be put to get more gigs, to do TV or whatever, you have to show that you can do clean stuff. Um so I, I might I wonder whether to actually be a bit more like curate a bit better and actually say yeah. bit clean material for the first until until at least eight thirty. <laughs> yeah, or that's something. Fair. 
Um, and, but you know, can I offer some yeah. advice on that? I don't think it happens often enough to warrant because I think if you do that, that just puts a weird yeah. expectation on no, the gig. No, no. So, well, some comedians, some comedians ask. They're like, "Oh, what's the the vibe?" Oh, and okay. so I might be like, yeah. "Actually, you know what? Stick on the on yeah. the cleaner side." But it's hard to know as well because some people can do dirty jokes and it's fine. It works. It's just the angle they have in. It's something. Hmm. You need to make it not seem like I'm just trying to shock you or I'm like, if yeah. you build up, if you spent 20 minutes doing really good, solid, cleanish comedy and then in the 25th minute or, you know, whatever, um, the, the first half you, you're keeping it solid and clean. And then afterwards you can do a dirty joke or whatever or, mm. or be really vulgar. People know you're, people know you've got the chops already. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, And they know you're not just trying to, say stuff that you think is shocking and i do think a lot of comedians do that mm. i've seen it so much in the stuff i've been to with you like london comedian stuff where they almost if they aren't getting the reaction from the audience like oh i'm a bit too offensive for you aren't yeah. i oh you're all a bit uptight it's like no you're just not fucking funny yeah and i saw a clip with ed Byrne the other mm. day who i think is really funny mm. you know, the irish comedian he was on a podcast and they were talking about the fact that you know um oh people get offended about anything these days can't joke there's things you can't joke about and he was like, no, yeah, there are a lot of things you can't joke about if you haven't got the chops. Yeah. And he said there's too many comedians that think they can just do a joke about, you know, insert whatever yeah. contentious political subject here. Um, but because they're, they're, you can't, just joking about it isn't, you have to be, it has to be hilarious positioning and timing mm. and craftsmanship. And a lot of comedians do just get up there and go in on, yeah, whatever offensive subject. Yeah. And people are like, I'm fucking offended. How can you say that? And it's like, yeah, because you had no comedic payoff. Yeah. Like you, and and I do think that is a thing. Again, I don't really want to start saying examples. We have to show but... you're on the right side of it as well. That mm. you're, yeah, you're the, I mean, it's, it's just that thing of you're not trying to be offensive. Like don't, tr like your aim as a comedian shouldn't be to try to be offensive. Exactly you might not. be like, oh, I want to play with discomfort or mm. I want to, you know, push um, boundaries on, like, like Tom Segura or whatever the stuff he says is like, mm. he really goes there. But there's a build up to it and the, and there's a payoff yeah. and there's like he's got the little um the little side side jokes as well that that build um that the build a fuller picture. He's yeah. Mm. Yeah, and like there was that, I'll, I'll try not to be too specific, but I remember there was the guy one of the last times I was there. I think he was first on, which obviously probably didn't help it because it's now getting like it's lighter in the evening. So it wasn't like a dark room, mm. felt late at night vibes. And he got up, <clears throat> and just I fart think stuff. Sorry, wasn't it? Wasn't I, well, it? I remember he talked. Yeah, he talked about like his asshole and stuff yeah. really quickly. But like the front table were older people. Yeah, like I mean old people. But they yeah. weren't. They didn't seem like stuffy old people. They no. seemed like people that were up for a night of comedy. But because they weren't laughing, he then st went straight and like did a joke that was a bit uncomfortable about mm. them like going to be dead soon or something. Yeah. Shit. And again, it's too much of a small room for those jokes to really. I feel... genuinely have this with them because when I see really good. MCs, they're able to take the piss of their out of their audience, but in a I'm on your side way, and um and they go for that really cutting comment mm. that gets the laugh, and that the you know the people who are getting the cutting comment are kind of okay with it. It's yeah. like, but I see I bump into some of these people in town. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. It's like I don't want I don't I don't, like I don't want yeah. them to. Th if I've seen someone three or four times mm. and I make a comment, it's not I don't. It, it could be based more on like, oh yeah, this is something I've observed of you for a few times. Then I'm going to bump into you outside yeah. Well, yeah, like Marcianos you say, or something. It needs to be good natured or at least, yeah, not, yeah, not not just outright, you know, you're just, because that room is so intimate. Yeah, mm. so someone doing audience play could just 
you know you're just being a twat to someone five feet away but you've got a microphone yeah, like it, it, yeah. And you can feel it's uncomfortable when people get that slightly wrong some people get it really right and i mm. think you've got sorry i'm gonna cough and just move the mic <coughs> um, <laughs> some people get that um yeah you, i mean you know how to interact with that room so it works really well just about i genuinely think i'm always better after the night's finished and i'm going around talking to people then mm. i'm really fucking funny <laughs> like then i'm literally talking to them and they're just laughing and i'm like oh yeah this well, is this you is brought what in, like the quiz element where you dish out chocolates and get people to sing the next line and that's actually because it's so weird it's really again well, it's that, really british actually it's very really, british yeah. it's a bit weird it's a fun i mean vittorio angeloni he was like I don't know what the fuck to make of this. Mm. <laughs> he was just yeah. like, what the hell is this? Because um, he's a very serious comedian. Is he coming back? Um, I don't think so. Probably not after that. Uh, he, was, he was very <laughs> he funny. He was great, yeah. No, he's um, he's going on to way bigger and better things. Um, but he... Uh, yeah, it was, it was quite funny seeing him watching it. It was like, what is this madness going mm. on? But for me, I'm like, what am I trying to do? Because I want to put on a good night for people. And... I do find it easy. I find it easy to do the singing thing. I find it easy to do the friendly, funny thing, the friendly, nice thing, but I'm not working hard enough at actually making it funny and making the jokes and pushing myself there. Mm. So it's, it's a bit of a hard balance to be had. Um, anyway, yeah, so Tuesday, I don't know what, um, what joke, we need to make some food at some point. Um, I can't even think of any jokes at the moment, to be honest. I've got my Soho set. I've done, I've done my Botox song. Um, the stuff I did for my funny women thing, because, you know, I had like 10 minutes of material that I tested out and then mm -hmm. I did five, five minutes of it last year. Um, it just, I can't see how to fit it into MC because it's all talking about like the glass ceiling and, oh. and like, because like, I have yeah. one bit about, you know, women. I, I grew up thinking women could sleep their way to the top, but how? Like, no one's sure. Like, how do I do that? All, yeah. But it's funnier. Well, um, yeah, but couldn't you just start doing like you know hi okay right this evening's a night in woking you know we're yeah. some comedy, we have four great comedians i want to talk to you about glass ceilings can you not just yeah go yeah no i know like, i know i know how to do it i just um i don't <laughs> those couple of times where like i say i know you've not felt how dare that you comfortable <laughs> i've just been willing you to go into a routine yeah but i just forget um, it i swear to god i forget them i need to do more comedy virgins to be honest i might like comedy virgins is such a space safe space i might as well like go there and just read off just, my notes yeah just try shit yeah. yeah um I'll, yeah so i was chatting to yeah mark zucano who uh does does the is the comedy nerd and he has this cool podcast called comedy in a nutshell anyway chat to him i thought that was quite good um and yeah, he was like, what's your best gig? I was like, mm, probably the fourth one I ever did. Uh, no, your best one, I would say, I was so, Soho Theatre. Yeah, yeah, no, that was really the more polished good, one. Really good. And um, it was such a nice celebration because that's obviously like your such venue. Such a big place That's me, your yeah. place where you've hung out and you've... One day, solo you know, show there, one day. I need to fucking book that in. Yeah, it's such a great place. Um, right, I've done it. I know this hasn't been a very long and... Um, I haven't got into the depth of stuff, but in summary, don't go to over Areno. Areno. <laughs> Over arena. By the time you publish, we publish this, it'll be sponsored by something else. These fucking <laughs> venues, honestly, they're like That's kind true, of. Yeah. Like I, I object to Aventim Apollo. It's like <laughs> the Hammersmith Apollo. Oh, you know what? I wanted to see what my screen time was. Um, okay. Do you want me to just chat while you go and get your phone? Um, Which is a good sign. It's a good sign that my phone wasn't right next to me. Right, let, you can get. Right, guess. Oh, there we go. Guess my phone time. Um, average daily screen time for what like the for last, week? last week yeah nine hours 40 nine hours a day yeah 
it was actually six hours and 11 minutes a day. So, you know. <laughs> still horrific, but a lot, a lot, a lot better than that. That's still guess. a lot of life, yeah. isn't it? That's like when you say That's to someone, guess how much we paid in London for two cocktails? And you go, Maybe. 70 quid? Yeah. And they go, uh, no, it was 45. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's still a lot. <laughs> Uh, well, last week was seven hours and twenty, so it's gone down sixteen percent. So okay. well done, me. But does that include work stuff and like, like, like having the maps on when you're in the car or stuff like that? Um, Friday the fifth of May was ten hours and eight minutes, and whew, six hours and twenty four of that was on social. Yeah, that is a lot. Um, I was trying to do something on TikTok. I think I was posting something on TikTok, and then I got bored of it. But then I, um, yeah, three hours on TikTok is. It makes me feel sick. I've got worse lately. Um, yeah, you have actually. And I hate that. Um, I do struggle. So I read this morning while you and your friend um, oh, well Jules were in the living room. Yeah, but I'm struggling. Like, so like, I used to like love reading and I used to not really want to look at bullshit on my phone. Mm. I'd kind of check in on Twitter a few times a day to get what, you know, my the headlines of interest to me are. But it wasn't like a doom scroller. And I do do it now. Yeah. Um, and I've got to fucking break that cycle. But honestly, I kind of, I don't know if it helps that like I was reading a John Ronson book mm. that was just not really engaging me. So I picked up Stephen's Zweig oh, yeah. um, Travel. And again, I'm like, I think I just need to read more stupid books. Bad though, isn't it? Like I'm really worried about my brain. Yeah. I, I, like we were talking about before, like we're going to be the first generation of severe, severe neurological disorders by yeah, well, the time we're 55. And I do just think, like, and I try and, and I do keep myself to this. So, like, for example, I, being, if I've got, you know, 10 minutes spare on the sofa and I'm having my morning coffee, fine, doom scroll then, right? But then just fucking leave it. Yeah. It's when it's interrupting your experience of the world. Um, and I always used to be so snobby about it. Um, so I still think, like, let's say we're not, it's probably too late, but let's say we were going to go and watch a movie in the mm. living room before we go to bed. Um, it's 20 past eight. Um, <laughs> if, uh, we could actually watch a movie. We could. Let's, let's, watch, a let's watch a movie. But, right, I would always pride, not even pride myself, just it astonished me that anyone would watch a movie and at some, like, and be on their phone. All right. No, I used to say, because I remember my sisters did it and I'm like, yeah. you're not a fucking human okay. if you can't give a movie your attention. Fair enough if you're really not enjoying it, mm. like, fuck around on your phone and or maybe, but like, how who the hell like can't just be engaged with the movie and not touch their phone for two hours and that Me. i can still do um but i used to but the times when i'm now like i used to like like a train journey even if i didn't have music in my ears because i do think music like like trains were a great time to listen to music yeah. and just look out the window and i still do do that but i reckon if i was on that train from working into london right now i'd stick some music or a podcast on and I bet you I'd be checking shit. Mm. And I, I don't need to be Something checking Something has stuff. to change. Like, yeah. I, ha it has to change. Like, I'm worried now. Like, I know I keep saying this, and we might say it's ADHD or I'm tired or whatever, but no, I'm worse at remembering what I was going to say. Mm. My vocabulary has gone down. My attention is obviously terrible. Um, it feels worse than it's ever been. Like, I'm almost starting to kind of panic that if I can't, and it isn't, I'm addicted. It is an addiction. Mm. Um and it's yeah i i don't know i need to something has to change like it, I, it, I have to so um i think jules was telling me about a friend of a friend um who writes loads of books he's um psychologist or something or other but he literally had to his he locked his phone away in the morning and his mm. wife had the key and mm -hmm. he couldn't get it until the end of the working day yeah i might have to do that i mean yeah i could take you could literally you, I could you take, could take my phone with you yeah i could take your phone with you because well, i have whatsapp for Cause, communication because yeah. that is the one thing when i'm at work like 
yeah i'm at work like i don't i don't yeah this is one thing is you work from home so there's Mm. obviously you you balance your own time i work in the office more days than not or on location and there's no time to be looking at my phone yeah so yeah um that so it's not so bad then it's more the fact that the time for me i've I've made this about me again um it's it's more the time where like for example this is a weekend right now Mm. today been on my phone a fair bit I could have been reading. I could have been doing anything else. Could have like, been putting up the patio chairs. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could have been doing anything to enrich my experience of the fucking world. Because also, what are you digesting? Yeah, crap. crap absolutely, it crap. is absolute. It's connection, nonsense. though. I think we there's some. It's weird. We are like to try and feel more connected and less lonely. We are on our phones more, and the the irony of that is it makes us more disconnected and more lonely mm. and more disconnected from our actual immediate surrounding the immediate people yeah I, I i don't know whether it's just completely a lockdown thing i mean obviously i've always been on my phone i think the world is really not realizing how fucked it is by lockdown mm. I, I do think human condition has changed i think social trends and patterns have changed but it's in such subtle ways like that that i just think we're a little worse off than we were before yeah. and yet at the same time we're like technology's always changed and generations have always said this sort of thing they've yes. always worried like my grandma was telling me her dad didn't use the phone he didn't want to use the telephone mm. he didn't agree with it yeah and so that's yeah so it's all relative isn't it but but there's something you... about screens like we know the effect that blue light has on our yeah do you know it now it's like it's, it's ai actually like proactively with the goal of keeping us locked in on that yeah and you know and engaging as much as possible because the more you do that the more they collect our data the more they can sell to us like there's you know and there's it's not as linear as that but let's go to bed depressed tonight (laughs) yeah but but this is what motivates me to to go the other way because i always was so naturally the other way to it yeah you were i mean we used to um when we used to text and stuff you weren't always on your phone yeah Um, and to the point and to the point actually where like um you like say we were whatsapping back and forth you know if i was like on a tour and you were back home or something one whenever i text you and like the blue ticks will go blue so quickly i'll be like mm. they shouldn't be going blue that quick you shouldn't have your phone in your hand ready maybe but, you're the reason but, i'm addicted but to then phone. when like yeah maybe i'm just so engaging but then like i'd still be typing some shit and like you'd be typing i'm like, be like i'm thinking stop typing i'm not done yet like let me say my shit then you say your shit wow but, this um, is some real early relationship resentment coming out here no it's not Fine. because, because I i'm sorry thing. i was so enthusiastic no i think it's brilliant but like <laughs> but do you know what i mean though they're like all for you as well because i know how incredible your brain is yes that's that's the word not but, but how like like you seem like someone that shouldn't be on their phone because you're so interesting hey i learn everything things. i know from tv and now I'm just learning everything I know from my phone. Well, this sounds like you've got <laughs> you're mentally set to buck the trend. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm actually gonna. Uh, it's easier for me because I don't think I'm addicted. I've just fallen into a lazy. No, pattern. but I think your work has made you more addicted because you have to be on your phone for what you're on your work phone for work. I think yeah. you're, you're more in you're more in that habit of picking up your phone. That probably is an element. I was gonna sort of say this is also why. I, I, not can't read, but why I don't read now mm. is because I'm in the most demanding work I've ever been in yeah. mentally. And there are like throughout the week, I get home and like my brain's like, mm. I've got nothing. So I need to do something mindless, which is why I love it when we just stick the US office on yeah. TV and, and, and I just... sit on my phone while watching it. <laughs> yeah. And that, but that's the thing, isn't it? Like, why aren't we watching the US office or mm. talking over the US office? Both of those things are better than like looking at shit on Instagram to it. Yeah. And it's me as well. It's me as well. Mine is also my my back, my body, my, um, my, my back, my body. Um, I get like phone neck. 
yeah. my phone in my shoulder like I saw an osteopath and he mm. was like yep and he pressed on like a really tender area and was like and that's your phone and I was like oh okay yeah we don't think we're all like kids now they're like pinky on the fat the hand they hold their phone with is there's a curve ah. they've all got my sister said they both got it but apparently everyone their generation has see i have a curve, a curve but pinky. that's because i broke my finger when i was um, playing netball it's, it's hideous though isn't it it's weird isn't it so is that so what bad? you mean does it look like that i don't know i that actually does look curved to me but yeah but that's no. um i broke both my I yeah. fucked up both my little fingers but maybe that made it more curved but these things can repair like i remember when i was in the end of touring and how bad my rsi was from playing the guitar for hours every day on cruise ships and I remember, like, I'd be screaming in pain. Yeah. You know? And but and then the second I stopped touring, I know I went so from that to, to typing. No, because I wasn't there. Never dialed that down. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I it um it goes. Yeah. So like like yeah, honestly, we could all get off our phones. Well, that's what I think. Like, Imagine if I did two months, two months with just one hour a day instead of yeah six. Maybe we should it. make a rule like when we go Barcelona in a few weeks. <gasps> like le- we need it. We need phones for taking pictures, and we need phones for like Google Maps. Yeah, but we and should translate. be really strict on each other. Yeah, for just just like there's no reason to look at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Fucking hell! Like WhatsApp. Terrible, you could it? even how there's no need to WhatsApp, WhatsApp people. Yeah, I yeah. hate WhatsApping. I actually hate WhatsApping yeah. people. I've got much better at WhatsApp actually. I'm still good at I'm yeah. Right I'm better. good at letting them sit there, and that's not me being rude. That's like I'll just sit down a bit and go back to everyone. Yeah. Like, no, I'm way better at WhatsApp because but I think I can't really do that at work. Is the other thing. Oh, anyway, right. We need to. We might watch a film. If what, it's not what sort too of film late. We watch? Oh, I don't know, boyfriend. Some comedy thing. Comedy. We'll watch. We're going to watch the US Office. Um, it's half past eight. We're going to. I need to better put, upload this. You can. You, can, you can't start chopping right. the vegetables. Well, right. what, what do you want for dinner? You just said you make just some bolognese me. thing. Bolognese. Just, just chop up the red onions, then I'll be in. And just do I need some sweet potatoes? Uh, yeah. Do some sweet potatoes, we'll put them in the oven. I'll stick them in first because yeah. they'll take longest. Good idea. I'll do some vegetables and some. Okay, cool. Lovely. Yep. All on. right. Well, thanks, Curtis. I've enjoyed the chat. Thanks for my account- accountability. <laughs> Always welcome. Right. Thank you very much for listening, and I will chat to you next time. Bye. Bye.